And if you haven't been with us over the last couple of weeks, what we've been uh, doing is we've been in this series called Rooted. And the whole basis for this series has been to grow deeper in our relationship with Christ, right? Because that's what we're after. Like, we want growth here at the Ridge. We want you developing and growing that relationship with your Savior, right? Okay. Because uh, we don't want to be shallow. Nobody wants to be shallow. Being shallow is never a good thing, right? So, so as we go into the summertime, in the summertime, man, it's always one of those times where everybody just kind of takes a break, right? Don't take a break when it comes to your relationship with Christ, right? Why, why take a step back? Why not use this time that we have together during the summer to figure out what it means to grow more, grow more in my relationship with him. We want deep roots here at the Ridge for each person. I remember when I was um, uh, younger and not so bright, uh, one summer uh, being out in the yard and doing some work, and I just had these two bushes that I couldn't do anything with. They were kind of scraggly looking. I was tired of trimming them, tired of trying to make something happen, you know, and honestly, I I don't have a green thumb. Anybody in here have a green thumb? You'd say you're pretty good. Yeah, okay. Anybody uh, like me and you've got a sore thumb in the neighborhood? You're just a sore thumb. Yes, that's me. Um, I've got that yard. So honestly, when I don't know what to do with something in my yard, here's my plan. I cut it down and I throw pine straw over it. (laughs) That's my... That's my key to success. I just try to cover it up with pine straw. Uh, So that's what I did with these bushes. I cut them down. And of course, I didn't get deep enough. I didn't get all the roots. And so you know what happens. You know, go a little bit, throw some pine straw over it. Looks good for a minute, for a little bit. And then because the roots are deep and because they're well connected, it began to grow again. And not only did it grow, but it grew, grew back healthier, even better. That's what we want. See, we want you so rooted in Christ, right? We want your roots to grow down so deep in him that no matter what happens in this life, no matter what comes and tries to chop you down or to keep you down, right? You still have those roots of gratitude, root of faith, root of hope, root of joy. And you're connected to the very source that gives an abundant and growing and healthy life. That's what we want. That's what we're after. So let me share this verse that comes from Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, we read this. It says, stand firm and be deeply rooted in his love. Focus on those words, deeply rooted in his love. I want you to know, Paul continues, and he says to this church in Ephesus, he's like, I want you to be deeply rooted in Christ, but I want you to know about his love. I want you to know all about Christ's love, although it's too wonderful to be measured. Then your lives will be filled Then you'll have a full life, full life, and you'll know all about what God is and what God wants. But you'll know this, you'll know this when you're deeply rooted and when you're rooted in the love of God. So Paul's telling this church in Ephesus, he's like, stand firm, be rooted, and that's what we've been talking about, right? But what Paul wants to do in this letter, in this portion of his letter, he's like, but here's what I want you to focus on. Here's where I want you to be deeply rooted. I want you to be rooted in God's love. Because you see, understanding that love, you know, how wonderful it is. Paul goes on to say, you can't measure it. It's just, when you're digging those roots in and you get to that point, there's no way to dig your roots deep enough to really understand, to really grasp. You just keep going further and deeper 
into the love of God. Paul's like, it's just too big to really get. Remember when the girls were little, we used to play this game. Um, Shannon and I would try to measure our love with the girls in silly ways. And Shannon might say, Savannah and Abby, I love you more than all the diamonds in the world. You know, and then say or Abby would look back and say, Mom, Dad, I love you more than all the playgrounds in the world, right? And then I would chime in and say, I love y'all more than all the coffee in the world, which if you know me, that's a lot, right? But what Paul is saying, he's like, as wonderful as God's love is, truth is, you, you can't, it's immeasurable. It's life-changing. It's, it, it's all-encompassing. And at the same time, his true love, when you get it, when you understand it, it's so powerful that it changes you. It changes you. Experience new growth the deeper you are in God's love. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about digging this root of love a little bit deeper in our relationship with God. And to help us, what I want to do is I want to turn to another uh, book in the Bible, another time that Paul talks about the love of God, and it's in 2 Corinthians. If you got your Bibles, you want to uh, pull them out and follow along, you got your app open. Um, also, you can follow along on the message notes. Everybody online, you can open up those message notes on our app and follow along. I want to look at another piece of uh, a passage that deals with the perspective of understanding God's love and how we can root ourselves deeper in it. So before we get to that point, though, let me just kind of set this up. Paul, Paul is an apostle of Jesus, okay? So just in case you're unclear, this is your first time to church, you're not even sure who this guy is. He wrote a lot of letters that we have in the New Testament, okay? And each letter kind of dealt with a different church and had specific problems or specific issues or specific topics that were relevant to that church. And this church in Corinth, where we get First and Second Corinthians, was no different. Like they, they, were, they were struggling, that they had some things that they were going through. So Paul writes letters to try to help them out. And this is one of those churches that Paul started. Okay, so he started this church. He's kind of stepping back. He's not with them anymore. He's watching this church grow. He's looking at them from a distance. And just like any church that's young, it's going through some growing pains. So Paul writes to them because he knows that there's this certain group of believers in this church that are really focused on themselves. They're really focused on their own position within the church, getting more recognition within the church. It's not so much about serving, but rather being served. And since they're after their own like position within the church, what they start to do is, since Paul's not there, they kind of take shots at Paul. Because in a way, what it does is it kind of lifts them up, makes them look better if they're taking the big guy down. And of course... Paul doesn't take this laying down. He doesn't take this lightly. So he writes back to the church. And he comes against them and he calls them stuff like false prophets. And he, he says, you know what? They're only looking after love for themselves. In fact, in a couple places, he jokingly refers to them as super apostles. Because that's what they would have liked. These super apostles, right? These, these big shots. In Paul's mind, these guys are, they're all running around church with this big old S on their t-shirts, like ribbing their, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Meanwhile, Paul, Paul reminds everybody. He says, my message for the church has always been, look at him, look at him, look at him. And the reason I want you to focus on God, what Paul is going to tell them, the reason that we focus our attention on God is because of his love. The love that he has for us. So that's where we start in verse 13. And he says this. 
talking to the church in Corinth. He says, if we, me, if I, Paul says, I'm out of my mind. If you think I'm crazy, it's for the sake of God. And if we are in our right mind, it's for you. Because Christ's love compels us. So let me just pause here for a minute. Let me tell you what's going on here, okay? I love this portion. He's, he's basically saying, love causes us to do crazy things. Love causes us to, to get out of who we are and, and to, to broaden ourselves and to attempt things and to do things that we normally would never do. I, I remember when, when Shannon and I first started dating, and there was a time when she got to the school before me and she, she did the sweetest thing. She would always leave a note on her car window for me because I was always late. And so I would come to school and I would take her note and then I would leave my note for her. And isn't that sweet? We just kind of pass notes to each other during school that way. But here's the deal about this. I hate writing letters. I cannot stand writing letters, mostly because my punctuation is terrible, my grammar is terrible, I just cannot do it, I'm not good at it, but I I would much rather write something on words so I can get that little red squiggly line when I mess up, right? So it auto-corrects it. But for Shan, for love, you know, I'm I'm writing Shakespeare stuff here, y'all. I mean, this is intense, right? I'm spending all night trying my best. Because love, man, love causes us to do crazy things. So here's the great part about this. (laughs) I I love this. Paul is like, listen, if it seems like I'm out of my mind, it's because of God. Like if it seems like I'm crazy, like I just don't make sense, like I'm going over and beyond, like this guy, Paul, he's just too much. Paul is like, it's because of God's love. God's love causes me to do crazy things and to be out there. And Paul is basically like, I think he's trying to tell us, like, if you don't know what that's like, then maybe you need to grow deeper in your love for God because when you get it, it changes you. And it makes you want to. Want to reach out and grow more and to do things that you normally would never do because you realize just how much God loves you. But then Paul also goes on to say, the second part, he goes, but, 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 if I'm in my right mind, Like, if I'm in my right mind, it's for you. Paul's like, so I got this, I got this feeling, this deep deep feeling for God's love inside my heart. And it's just causing me to do crazy things. But for your sake, for the sake of the church, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to control it. Because truth is, it's all-encompassing. But I try to keep it together. That's the depth of love that Paul is feeling for God. Have you, have you ever had one of those moments where you're just trying to, like, you're just so excited about something, something has affected you so much, and you're just trying to hold it together? This happened to me a couple of weeks back when our group went to see Top Gun. Y'all, I'm pulling up, all the guys, we went out to eat, then we're pulling up to the theater, and I'm driving up in my truck with the windows down, and I'm blasting Highway to the Danger Zone as loud as I can. And I'm just trying, like, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. And of course, Wayne Gasser's walking in, he looks back, and you just tell that look. He's like, yep, that's my pastor right there. And then I get out of the truck. I get out of the truck, and for some reason, as soon as I turn the radio off and I turn the keys, I take the keys out, I shut the door, and then I stand beside my truck, and for whatever reason, I just said, I feel the need, the need for 
you got it, man. And I don't even know why I did it. And I'm like, oh, Jimmy, hold it together. Hold it together. It's going to be okay. Keep it under control. Don't freak out. But maybe it's not Top Gun for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else, but you know what that's like, right? You got this tension. You're living with this tension in your life. And for Paul, and this is what I want to, this is, this is just kind of what I want to, what I want you to get is I picture Paul walking around his life with this beautiful tension where he's so in love for God that it's just spilling out of him, but he's trying to hold it together. And he looks at the church and he's like, I'm trying to hold it together for you so that I can tell you, so that I can teach you, so that I can show you, but truth is, inside, I am crazy in love with Jesus. So how do we, how do we get to that point of letting those roots grow deep enough that we feel that kind of love for God? Because that's what we want is to grow into that love. So I've got a couple of things here from 1 Corinthians I want to share with you. Number one, that will help you grow deeper in God's love. Number one is to be convinced. Number one is be convinced, okay? The reason that Paul has this kind of love for God is because he's convinced that God loves him. He knows it. He knows it beyond a shadow of a doubt because he writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, because we are all convinced, what? That one died for all, that Jesus Christ came to this earth. Paul's like, I know it and I'm convinced that even if it had been me, even if it had just been you, that Christ would have still come and died for my sin, for your sin. And when he died, he put death in the grave. Right? And the whole time that he was on the cross, he could have called a multitude of angels, Scripture said, to come and rescue him, to take him down. But he didn't. And the reason he didn't is because of love. Plain and simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And Paul is convinced of that love. And because he's convinced of it, it changes him. You see, I believe that there are some here that just, they, some here that are worshiping inside or some that are worshiping online and you're just not convinced of God's love for you. Let me, let me piggyback on what I said a couple of weeks ago. Some of us, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and we need to realize that God's presence is with us. And I believe that when we realize that God is with us, that he will convince us that even you, even me, that we're all loved by him. Truth is, a, a lot of times, it's hard to convince sometimes, it's hard to convince people that they're loved sometimes, and it has nothing to do with the person that is telling them that they love it. It has everything to do with the person receiving that love. And the reason that it's hard for us sometimes is because of our past or our hurts or our, our feelings or our hangups or, or something that's happened to us that we have a hard time accepting that love. You see, what I want you to know about Paul is that Paul and his conviction of God's love could not have come easy. Okay, it's not like I believe that Paul just woke up one day and he was convinced that God loved him. Like he woke up, slept in, got his coffee, grabbed his newspaper, and then he's sitting there at the table and he's just like, you know what, today I'm, doggone it, I feel convinced that God loves me. It's not like it just happened. For Paul, it was a journey. 
And in case you're not familiar with Paul's journey, let me remind you, okay? This guy, Paul, he used to be known as Saul. Okay, when he had the name Saul, he was a very important Pharisee. And he went to the high priest when the Christians were getting started. And he told the high priest, I don't like these Christians. And I know you don't like these Christians. And I want to hunt these Christians down. And I want to put them in jail. And maybe we can extinguish them. Like we can take them out. And we can stop this whole Christian movement from happening. And stop this message of Jesus. And so Saul became a bounty hunter of Christians. And that's when he came. He came into contact with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's an amazing story. If you don't know how he came into contact with Jesus and what Jesus did and how he's blinded and then how he saw, go back this afternoon and read Acts chapter 9. Write that down and then go back and review it today. But when he had that connection with Jesus, and over that time, and over that experience, and along that journey, he began to understand that there is a God, and that God loves him. And he became convinced of this love that God had for not just him, but for every person in the world. You see, see, for Paul, over that journey and over that bit of time, for Paul, the gospel of Jesus wasn't just about getting into heaven. It wasn't just about getting this golden ticket, although, you know, getting into heaven is part of it. It wasn't just about being good enough to walk the streets of gold, although, you know, living for God is something we want. No, 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 for Paul, what it came down to most of all, most of all, was that there is a God, and I'm convinced that he loves me, and that he loves you. That there is a God that loves us so much that he was willing to die to take away my sins, so that I, so, and here's the beauty, so that I can be in a relationship, so I can know him forever. Not just now, but forever. And for Paul, it changed his life. It changed his life. In fact, he writes this in verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You see, this journey that Paul was on to understand the love of God, he, it changed him so much that he went from becoming known as Saul to becoming known as Paul, and he changed his name because he's like, the love of God has transformed me, and I'm a new creation. God wants to do the same for you. Be convinced of God's love for you. If you're not convinced that God loves you, why not? What's, what's holding you back? Take it to him. So the first thing is, we gotta be convinced of God's love. The second thing is, if you wanna grow deeper in your love for God, number one, be convinced. Number two, be compelled, okay? Be compelled. Okay, we're, we're talking about growing and grow, uh, these words, uh, loving God, growing in God, it's all verbs. It means you got to do something. It means we got to be compelled to action. It means getting off your rear end, if I can be blunt, and doing something about the love of God. So you got this tension that Paul is feeling about God's love, that he is out there just doing, doing, doing for God. And whenever he does, he grows deeper. Go back to the beginning of verse 14. It says this, for Christ's love compels us. What's so great about this is that this word compels in the Greeks, the, the Greek actually has this idea of being hemmed in. 
Okay, so this idea of Christ's love, it's like it's pushing you into a corner. It's like pushing you, feel this pressure on you to where you've got to react to it. There's an action that has to take place. His love, when you get it, it gets you. It compels you to do something. It's the only natural response. Let me share how this plays out in, in, in our lives with this type of love. Ephesians 1.4 says this. It says, even before he made the world, that means you, even before he made each person, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You know, it's, it's, it's always fun to watch a couple go through their first pregnancy. I, I love it. It's, it's all new. It's all exciting. And you may remember the first time you ever laid eyes on your sonogram. You remember the sonogram picture? You remember when you take this picture? And for us, I remember the first time we ever saw Savannah in that sonogram. Y'all, she had so much hair when she was born. You could see little spikes in the sonogram picture. It was something else. But, but I remember taking that sonogram. Now, we're talking, this is like 20 plus years ago, okay? And I'm taking that sonogram. I've got it folded up. I got it in my back pocket. I'm taking it up to everybody I know, showing people. And let's just be honest. Those sonogram pictures back then, and even the sonogram pictures today, let's just be honest, they're not the best, right? And I may offend somebody, but, you know, you're showing this picture to, I'm showing this picture to complete strangers, and they're looking at this going, you know, it looks like abstract art, I'm not sure which way is up, which way is down, you know, and meanwhile, the parent holding this sonogram picture, they're looking at them, and they're like, isn't that the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, And when you see that, when you're going through that experience, that love that you have for a child that's not even born, where you're just stopping strangers to talk about, sharing with family and friends as much, it compels you to action. It compels you to do things and to set things up, and to get things ready, to talk to the belly so that the baby knows your voice. You know, you are compelled to action for something that's not even born yet. What makes you do that? Love makes you do that. And this is what this verse is saying, that before God even made you, before God even created the world, before you even came into existence, he loved you enough that he chose you, and he acted, and he put the plan in place to save you. Why? Because he loves you. So let that, let that be our example. That kind of love that loves you so much that it compels you to action. It hymns you, it pushes, it just, it's just this force that you feel that you've got to react to. That's what we're dealing with here. How, how do we, How are we compelled to action? We love God by serving others. So we gotta be convinced that God loves us. That helps us grow deeper. We gotta be compelled to serve God, to do action out of that love. And then the third thing, we gotta be committed. We gotta be committed. And what what do we have to be committed to? Let me share this verse with you. It comes from 2 Corinthians 5 and... I'm going to read this. I, Brandon, I don't even know if I put all of this up here because it's too much. But in 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says this. 
all this is from God, all this love. He reconciled us to himself through Christ and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling to the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed us the message of reconciliation. That's where we are right there. It goes on to say, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on God's behalf, be reconciled to God. What I want to do is I want to talk about reconciliation right here, this word right here. He mentions it five different times in this chapter, and it has everything to do with the love of God. You see, reconciliation is generally a term that's used to describe a change in relationships between two people or two families or two parties when they come together. You know, in this time period, the Greeks, and when Paul is writing this, he's probably thinking of two nations, two nations that are against each other, and then they, instead of war, they come to an agreement. In today's terms, reconciliation, it might be a married couple hugging instead of fighting or two little boys pounding fists instead of pounding their faces, right? Or two neighbors shaking hands instead of pointing fingers at each other. But Paul's definition of reconciliation, this is different. It's a little bit different because when we think of reconciliation, we usually think that both parties are in the wrong or there's this, there's this disagreement between both sides and they gotta come somewhere in the middle. But for Paul, when he's talking about reconciliation, God has done nothing wrong. Okay, we're the ones We're the ones that have sinned against God. We're the ones that have turned our back on God. Like we said last week, we're the ones that have connected our lives to the false vines that we allow to grow in our life, that that we're connected to, that we allow just to hang around and linger, and we're the ones that pull further away from God. God has done nothing wrong. It should be us coming to God, but what happens is that God comes to us. Instead of allowing us to waste away in our sins, God takes the step towards us. He shouldn't, but he does. And he loves you enough to make that relationship possible. Even though you don't understand it, even though you didn't earn it, and even though you definitely don't deserve it. God is reconciled to us because of his love. So in verse 19, he says this. He says, we are committed to the message of reconciliation. We're committed to sharing that message with other people. Paul says, if you know what it means to be loved by God, if you know what it means to be reconciled with God, to be brought into a right relationship, to have that sin removed so that you can know God and so that you can grow deep, then you, what's gonna make you grow, what's gonna make those roots even stronger is you've gotta be committed to sharing that love when you have the chance. You got to be committed to sharing that with others. I remember reading a book uh, about a pastor who was meeting with different religious leaders. I think I've shared this a little while back. But as he's talking about God, and they're talking about their different views on God. I think one was a, a Muslim and another one was a Buddhist. And so they're all talking about their understanding of God. And one of the, one of the other religion, uh, religious leaders, they said, you know, it sounds to me like we all agree the same things. We're just taking different paths to get to God. 
And they asked the pastor, they said, the, the Christian pastor, well, what do you think about that? And the Christian pastor leaned in and he said, so it sounds to me like, like what we're doing is we're, we're all talking about God that's on top of this mountain and each one of us, we're down below, we're just taking different paths up to get to God. We just have different ways of doing that through sacrifice and through good works and all this other stuff. And the other religious leaders were like, yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. And then the pastor leaned in and he said, what if I told you that I serve a God that doesn't wait for us to come to him? but that he loved us enough to come down off the mountain and he came to us. And of course, the other guys would be like, that, that, that would be great. So the pastor said, let me introduce you to Jesus. You see, there are people around you and they don't have to be Buddhist, they don't have to be Muslim, they don't have to be a different religion, but there are people around you that have that understanding of God. And some people won't even attempt to climb the mountain because it's just not worth it because why would God love me? Y'all, they need to know that there is a God that he loves us. Not only does he love us, but he loves us enough to come to us. And each time we share that message, when we're willing to share that message with other people, we grow. We grow deeper in our relationship with him. Let me give you a few next steps for today. You'll see these on the bottom of your message notes uh, for those of you that are online, for those of y'all that are in here. Number one is just to be convinced that Jesus loves me enough to die for me, that I am reconciled, even me. You know what, maybe you're here this morning and you're brand new to faith and you're just like, you know what, or maybe you're online and you're just, you're new to this and you understand that God does love you and you wanna be reconciled to God and you wanna begin that relationship. Let's do that today. Come talk to me after the service. Email me, email info at theridgecolumbus.com if you're online, we'd love to talk to you. Number two, the other thing is be compelled to serve. Maybe what does it look like for love to be in action for you? Like, does it, look, does it look one way for your family, for your friends, or for people at work? How can you reach out and put that love into action? Because when you do that love, it, it causes growth in your life whenever you do it. And you know what? Some of y'all, some of y'all might grow even more in your spiritual journey with God by learning to love others by serving right here. If you want to serve here on Sunday mornings, we'd love to have you. Dawn Treywick. Our events coordinator, she'll be outside. You can talk to her about serving on one of our teams. We'd love to have you live that love out right here. That's our goal every Sunday. When we pull the volunteers in, man, we're just like, we want you to love. We want you to live that love out because that's where we believe growth happens. What does that look like for you? Number three, I'm committed to sharing that message of reconciliation. Each time I share, listen, even if they don't, even if they don't take it, you don't know what seed you're planting. You don't know what plank you're laying across that bridge from them to God. You don't know where you are, but you be faithful and you do your part and see what God can do. Because even though, even if they don't take it right now, you're still gonna grow. That's a promise. And I'll tell you what, you invite them here to the church, we're gonna make sure at the Ridge Church that they're loved. So you be about that message. Get out there and share See what it does in your life. So if you want your roots to grow deeper this summer, that's what we're about. Man, be convinced of the love of God. Be compelled to action and be committed to sharing. You do those, you'll grow. Let's pray together. God, your love is overwhelming. It is all-encompassing. It is amazing. 
to think that this God, that you, God, the God of creation, desires to be with each one of us, desires to be reconciled to us, that we can be reconciled to you, God. You want that so much that you are willing to send your son to die so that we could be restored, so that we could be righteous. God, so that we could understand your love for us. God, thank you for that. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would convict us of the great love that you have for us, that we would be compelled to action. God, I pray that this church will be a church that, des- that is described like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, that we are crazy in love with you, and honestly, we're just trying to hold ourselves together. God, that's what we want. We want to be that in love for you, with you. And God, help us to be committed to sharing your love with other people. God, we thank you. And we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.